Hi, welcome to the Lakeland EM podcast. I'm your host, Alex Spiewak. Today we are going to be talking about studying during your residency. So you've uh, matched into your uh, top EM residency of your choice. You've graduated from medical school, so you're done studying, right? Well, as it turns out, not so much. Uh, the amount of knowledge that we're responsible for as EM residents and future EM docs is quite broad, and studying during residency is important both uh, for your in-services but also for being able to take care of your patients. Today I have with me Dr. Brandon Rowe. He's a fellow second-year ER resident. Thanks, Dr. Spivak. I appreciate you having me on the show. So let's get right into it. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, various places to get your knowledge from, and I think that's one of the hardest parts of being a resident and trying to study is knowing where to get the info from. So let's start right from the basics. You have your texts. What are what what are your go-to texts for studying? So yeah, in emergency medicine, you know we have our big hitters like our Rosens and our Tintinales. Um, these are very large texts, and it takes a lot of dedication and time to get through, but I think it's important to focus on these um, to get that core content. There are some other ones like uh, bounce backs and case files, things like that, that can be supplemental to these large texts. Yeah, I think uh, the tough thing when you look at Rosen's and Tintinelli's is that it's a textbook that's literally thousands of pages um, and kind of hard to get through. You know, it's hard to read more than a chapter at a time. Uh, so I think that when you're looking at these books, this is something that you should be looking at long term uh, when you have your didactic weeks. If you know you're going to be reading about upper extremity injuries, read the chapter on, on wrist or hand. Um, go through it a, a chapter at a time when it's applicable, but don't plan on reading this uh, one weekend through and, and thinking that you're going to actually retain any of that information. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, these are these are very large texts. Um, one thing I'd like to mention is that, you know, you study a lot in medical school and you're studying for tests, right? Well, when you come to residency, you're a physician now. Every studying or all the studying that you do, it's for your patients. And right when you start, it's like, you know, drinking from a fire hose. There's so much information, especially with us in emergency medicine, where we cover every topic. So you need to kind of take it slow. It's more of a marathon. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think uh, a big thing, obviously, is getting information from the internet. That's where you're going to have your most up-to-date information, your newest information. Uh, but there is just a huge amount of information on the internet, and it's hard to know exactly which resources to use. What, what are your kind of go-tos for finding uh, sort of core content information? Yeah, yeah. So I definitely have my handful of uh, go-to websites. I'd like to talk about one thing called FOAM, uh, which is new primarily in emergency medicine. It's kind of the cutting-edge tool to, to learn information. It's called Free Open Access um, Medicine. And basically, it's websites and blogs where you can gain information at no cost. So some websites that I like to go to are Life in the Fast Lane, which has several, several different topics within it, but it usually gives a good amount of core content to where you can go and learn about um, kind of the core of emergency medicine. It also hits on some of the hot topics as well, but it has a great core breakdown. Another is Rebel EM which is a little bit more current, but still has some good core content and academic life EM as well. Yeah, I think all of those are resources that I use on a, a fairly regular basis. You know, I, 
regularly during a shift, I feel like, uh, especially during intern year where you have something like, let's say, pediatric DK, and you're just not 100% sure, what do I start my insulin at? Am I going to bolus them? The answer is no. But, um, you, you know, when you need to find that kind of information and you want to look like you know what you're talking about when you're presenting this case to your attending, a lot of times it'll help to type in peds dka life in the fast lane right into your google search bar and really get that information quickly and it can be you know pretty reliable and in a good way to get that access to info you know there are also a lot of em blogs out there uh, which is an exciting way of, of getting information you do have to recognize that some of these sources are not going to be vetted so these are not necessarily peer-reviewed resources uh, but you do have some pretty prominent players out there that people trust you know um, Steve Smith EKG blog Amo Matu has an EKG blog as well I think when you're uh, citing someone as your source and you're talking about Amo Matu people kind of know who you're talking about uh, and then you know on the more critical care side you have MCRIT uh, which is another great resource uh, for critical care and, and you mentioned a couple other ones that you use pretty regularly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the ones we talked about before, like Life in the Fast Lane and Academic Life EM, you know, um, still blogs and good resources. A few others that I really like are EM Docs um, has great breakdowns on, you know, core topics. They also have a series called EM at 3 a.m., which are brief breakdowns of core topics um, that you can kind of go glance at, give a refresher, um, and then you can dive a little bit deeper within their website and get um, fill in those gaps as well. Another is First 10 EM, which is, focuses on kind of the resuscitation and stabilization aspect of it and gives good breakdown of core content. Then there are multiple that are more... I guess, topic-specific. Like you mentioned, Amal Matu. He has one called ECG Weekly. It is a paid um, website, but the pay, I think it's about $3 or something like that per month, and it gives um, cases uh, based on EKGs that are a great run-through of EKG review. Um, another kind of more topic-related is a Skeptic's Guide to EM, as well as EM Lit of Note, which help you review um, core literature. Yeah, and, and that's something that you're expected to keep up on as well. As you know, we have our journal clubs, and I think most residencies participate in something like that. But if you can stay on top of the literature yourself, and then you know, when it comes to a journal club, already feel confident about a certain subject, and I think that makes you look like a brighter resident. Obviously, uh, a great resource is podcasts, as you're listening to one right now. Um, you know, podcasts are great for being able to make use of your time while doing other activities. If you got to mow the lawn, if you're going to go for a bike ride, if you're going to go for a walk uh, or a hike, then you can bring that information with you and listen to a podcast while you're going about your day. Uh, so I, I think one big subject or uh, topic that we're, we're discussing today is core content. Um, so what are your favorite core content type uh, podcasts? Yeah, yeah, you bring up a good point. You know, we need to focus on core content versus, you know, the more sexy topics like I'm sure we'll talk about. But my go-to core content podcasts would be Core EM, uh, EM Basic, which start from right when it started many years ago and it gives great reviews on pretty much every emergency medicine topic that there is and there's kind of a newer one or i guess a new version of c3 project 
which are by the same guys that do MRAP, and it is amazing. They actually have real-life cases, and they give good breakdown of the specific topics. I actually just got done listening to this past month's dizziness, and I learned a ton. So. Yeah, and you know, you like let's say EM basic when you're still developing sort of your approach and your differential as like a fourth year to an intern, you can take something like EM basic where you have a, a broad subject like for example vaginal bleeding during pregnancy and it walks you through it from sort of your presentation, your differential, your workup and f- future management as well, which is really the important part I think to to studying and listening to these podcasts is having that that core section of this this differential and, and what you're going to do with it versus you know the the sort of more nuanced part of uh, listening to the newest content of how you can manage this new new strategies maybe things that haven't necessarily been fully peer reviewed or studied yet with a randomized controlled trial the, some of the podcasts are going to tell you some stuff that you know your attendings are going to look at you and be like what what are you talking about you know like this isn't something that's been vetted this isn't something that's been proven but i think that these core podcasts are something that are going to bring you um, some core content information that you can really present and use in your especially your early career as a resident and then of course you have sort of your more uh advanced podcasts or advanced subjects of course everybody loves mrap it's hard not to listen to mrap especially as an intern you want to be in the new and the now and, and, and it's good to listen to those things as well because it's entertaining. And, and part of it is that it's a very entertaining podcast. Uh, but you really got to get that core stuff down first. Absolutely. We talked about some other uh, good podcasts. We were talking about some critical care. So MCRIT is another resource. What were some of the other ones that you were mentioning? Yeah, I mean, both of those I would say would be my go-to favorites. Like you mentioned, MRAP is, I think, everybody's go-to. It's very entertaining. Um, some others, yeah, MCRIT uh, by Scott Weingart is a lot of complex um, medical information there. Um, he does a lot of ICU stuff, but definitely interesting. Uh, another ER cast, um, and one of my other favorites is RebelCast. Also has the blog as well, a lot of good information there, does a lot of current literature review. And then EMCast uh, by Amal Matu, he has a good one as well. But yeah, I'd say, like the second, your point, um, it's important to get these basics down. Um, when you come in as an intern and you hear how to m- mix up a, a push dose epinephrine on MRAP and you're, you're doing that and telling your attending you're going to mix up a dirty epi drip or something like that before you know the basics of vasopressor medications, you know, that's not good. You got to get those basics down first. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're listening to uh, Scott Wangart on MCRIT and he's going to be breaking down, you know, management of a critical care patient. But if you're not even understanding the basics of, of the difference between using norepi and epi and, and vasopressin and all this stuff, it's going to be lost upon you, sort of the, those special touches that he's teaching you. So another important resource, especially while you're on shift, I think, is uh, using apps. I mean, everyone has a phone in their pocket, which of course has the internet, but you know we're, we're using apps every day too. One that I particularly like is 10 Second EM. I thought that that was really useful, especially as a medical student and an intern, that it has some of those real basic things that can be hard to remember at first. You know, your RSI medicines, ACLS protocols, your PCARN criteria um, it has a really great breakdown of those those sort of simple concepts that can be hard to remember at first. Your well score per criteria. If you have 
really ready access to those, I think it can you know help with your flow and, and help you present your patients. Absolutely. A couple that I really like, um, so not free, unfortunately, but Pepid is my go-to. It's by far my favorite. It has great breakdowns of pretty much every disease process we're going to see in the emergency room. It gives breakdown of treatments, drugs, medications, um, uh, dosages, basically everything you could think of all in one app. Another one that is a bit cheaper is Palm EM, uh, a similar similar type app. The one thing I found in Palm EM that's really good is they have a basically built-in Braslau tape, and it's right on the home page. It's very easy to get to. Yeah, and then part of it too is knowing uh, where all these resources are in to you, how to use them, how to use them efficiently. You know, if, if you're trying to look something up last minute, you got to know how to find it quickly. So you want to familiarize yourself with these apps and start using them and, and figure them out at home before your shift so that you're not lost while you're trying to use them and trying to work up a critical patient or present something to your attending. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, so overall, I think we talked about uh, several different resources today. We started with the basics of your text, Rosen's, Tintinelli's, um, getting getting that core content down. We talked about a couple websites, uh, Rebel EM and Life in the Fast Lane were two of our favorites, as well as Academic Life in the EM. Brandon, you had talked about EM Doc uh, as a mm-hmm. great resource and a Absolutely. website. And we talked about a couple blogs, Steve Smith EKG blog, Amo Matu's EKG Weekly, and of course, MCRIT. And we covered a breadth of podcasts. What were those core podcasts that you had mentioned, Brandon? Yeah, so I would definitely stick with, uh, at least for an incoming intern, Core EM, EM Basic, and C3 Project. You know, I think it's really important to, to find what works for you, pick a few resources, and stick with those. Um, and as an intern, focusing really on the core content and leaving kind of the more sexy topics for, for a little bit later. Yeah, and I think you make a good point there that that we hadn't brought up yet is you can spread yourself really thin trying to utilize all of these resources at once. Um, so do pick a couple that work well for you and, and don't try to spread yourself too thin and use too many. Pick pick something that you can stick to and, and kind of build yourself a schedule with because it's hard to study during residency. I mean, not only are you working, you know, however many shifts a month you're doing at your residency, plus your lectures, keeping up with whatever whatever other uh didactic responsibilities you have plus your qi projects um, plus family and and everything else that gets in the way of studying it's hard so i think if you pick a good strategy and you have a couple good resources that you can really use those to to keep up on studying during residency it is possible to study during residency it's not fun always it's sometimes hard but it is important and uh and i i think it is possible to do it it's not only possible, it's necessary. Yeah, uh, It's absolutely. necessary to strive um, in the emergency department. So, But yeah, I, I can say I'm guilty of that. I will often have you know eight tabs up on my computer, all different blogs, and have not read one single entry. So try to focus on a few. Best way to learn. So. All right. Well, thanks for coming on today and talking to me about some of uh, some studying strategies and resources. And uh, we'll talk about some more resources soon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Dr. Spivak. This is a disclaimer. We are not paid by any of these resources. And any of these resources that we mention are solely ones that we use ourselves.